Hello and welcome to the Holtcast and Aston Villa podcast hosted by myself, James Rushton, joined once again by Danny Raza. Of course, as you know, there's no men's football on, so Aston Villa aren't involved in anything except a transfer window. And man, it's been a busy transfer window for Aston Villa so far, Danny. Yeah, it's been a busy one, I'd say. Uh, we've got, I think, we're looking at about four players at the moment who are either signed or look at, or look like they're going to be signing. Uh I mean, it's. I mean, I'm happy with it so far. I'm happy with it. I think. I think we've got to remember how many players um, left, obviously, at the end of the season. So I think there's still a lot of work to be done. But uh, anybody who was kind of worried about uh, whether we were moving quick enough on on these transfers, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're. Um, I'm sure the worries have been put to rest. So I think it's been less than a week since our last podcast. We um, spoke about the rumours and the confirmed deals. So the confirmed deals were hotter coming into Villa, and we traded him plus uh, two million. So Gary Gardner went across to Blues, plus two million to secure the signature of Hotter. Ross McCormack tore up his contract for a nice fat wad of cash. And well, Algarzi came in for a fee that is now believed to be five million euros. And um, we didn't hear anything about Tyra Mings, except there's a bit of difficulty there. Um, Jack Butland seems to be a, a goer. Um, it looks like Bournemouth have dropped out there. Neil Efridge is a rumour. Um, we'll speak more about Courtney Horse, of course. Uh, Maxi Gomez, um, who we mentioned last time, is probably a no-go. Daniel Storage, Charlie Austin, we haven't heard any more. Um, Gary Cahill, Matt Target, Ryan Kent and Harry Wilson are still linked. So that brings us to the actual big news. Is Villa broke, well, kind of broke their transfer record. They signed Wesley Murray from Club Bruges. Um, he's a He's a Champions League baller. He played Champions League football last season and Europa League football. Um, he's a big Brazilian striker. who he, His goal-scoring record doesn't stand out, but there's a lot to like about him. Um, now, none of us can actually claim to know much about Wesley. I watched Club Bruges last season um, when I was channel flicking um, on, you know, BT Sports do the multi-screen and you can do uh, the red button and choose whatever yeah, game's on. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, I kind of went onto Club Bruges. I didn't know I was watching him play. Like if I'd mm-hmm. known he would be a future Villa player, I'd probably have paid more attention. Um, but yeah, that's that. I saw about forty-five minutes of Wesley across three or two or three games last season, not knowing it was him. So uh, I don't think many of us can claim to know him. I think Gareth Cooper, who does stats and uh, analytics on site, he also works for Crawley Town in their recruitment department. So an actual scout didn't really have Wesley on his radar because Wesley doesn't stand out that much. But there he is, his Villa's, his Villa's record signing. And what did you make of this? It's come out of nowhere as well. Yeah, I think it's. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm very happy with it. I think 22 million. So that's sort of that's the sort of money you you pay for a young player, isn't it? When it's absolute standard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's standard. It is a standard, you know, uh, and I think uh, if, if you're looking for somebody who's promising and, and, and can play potentially Champions League football, then you're looking at more than that. You're looking at a lot more than that. Um, if Wesley Moraes, you know, had the same sort of statistics playing for a championship or a Premier League club, you'd probably be looking at paying a lot more. Um, but I think what you've got over here is a, is, a, is a six foot three striker here who does a lot of tracking back and, 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 and can link up very well uh, between the midfield and, and, and the forward positions. Um, and if you look at some of the analyses, you can see that his heat map, his heat map shows that he's he's not a lazy player. So I mean, you've got somebody there who's uh, who's technically skilled um, as well as uh, as well as very fit, and I think he's got all the attributes really to to, to go on and kick on. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm happy because I think I think another club could have snuck in and got him, and he's the sort of player that you that turns out to be um, that turns out to be world class. You never know. Uh, whether or not he's going to succeed, but I'd say that I'd say it was worth the risk there because, um, yeah, you know, if, if you're looking for somebody else at the same level, 
at that age, you're going to be paying a lot more for him. Yeah, I think Tammy Abraham would, at the very least, if he was for sale, cost Villa three or four million more, um, which of course is a whole a whole player. You know, we've bought two players potentially for just over just over that amount or equal to. But Wesley, I think we've got to have a consensus here on what we're going to call him because we don't know how to pronounce his last name because we've never heard it said. He goes by Wesley, his first name, but I think he's taken on kind of the, you know, the colloquial term, Big Wes. Big Wes. I think is what we'll call him. Big Wes. I like it. And I think that should be on the back of his shirt. If you don't mind me saying, I think settle <laughs> for that. Me personally, I I love seeing Brazilian players with um with with very British first names as their as as their known name. You know, you've got your Freds out there. You've got your um, Alan Patrick. Got... Yeah, yeah, Patrick. Um, you've 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 got Dannys out there as well, haven't you? Various yeah. Dannys. Uh, I mean, I I love it personally. I don't know why, where it comes from. I don't know why it, why it happens, but uh, fair enough. I think Wesley is his actual name. So he is Villa's first Brazilian footballer. Does that? I mean, there's a joke that he's a second after Alan Hutton, of course, <laughs> the Scottish Cafu. But genuinely, he's Villa's first Brazilian player. And I know this is very 90s Premier League when you just kind of buy an Italian player or you buy a Brazilian player or a Spanish player and you think they're good because they've got that kind of exotic sounding, um, how you know how old school does that sound, that exotic exotic sounding last name and you think oh they're going to bend in the free kicks they're going to be making runs off the shoulder they're going to be brilliant usually they're not the Premier League didn't have the scouting then but I'm really excited by Wesley and it's almost just because he's Brazilian like he just brings that that feeling that you know Brazilian football everything that comes with that package I mean he might not be that he probably isn't that because he's played most of his football in Belgium and I think it was uh, Slovenia or Slovakia where he was based before that but I, I feel, you know, you feel enchanted almost by the fact you've got Villa have got a Brazilian striker. Yeah, and I think also you have to, I mean, first of all, I mean, you have to consider that Club Bruges are a very big club. So for them to scout out a striker of that sort of age, he's got to have some sort of talent. Um, but I think you're right. I think we were having this chat uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember, about sort of like South American players that play for Villa. Uh, you know, we've had a history of it. Juan Pablo Angel, obviously coming over from Colombia. Um, Ulysses De La Cruz, of course, of course, as well from from Ecuador. I'm sure we've had a couple more as well. Carlos Sanchez, a rocker, yeah. There we go, bang on, Carlos Sanchez. Uh, so I mean, look, it's, it, we, we've had South American players before, and I think every time they they they, they come over, they make some sort of an impact. Um, I think part of that is to do with, as you say, it's just that it's just that it's just that factor of of them being from from Brazil or being from Colombia. Uh, which which just makes things a little bit interesting. The, the the style of football is a little bit a little bit different. Sort of growing up, of course, uh, you're not sort of taught in the same way that English football is. We've seen it with the uh, with the way that a lot of young Brazilian wingers play. They're just a lot freer, um, and 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 definitely there's there's a lot more of a focus on on, on skill. But I think it's just it's going to be interesting. I think I think as you say, he could become a very cult figure, uh, very much a cult figure. And uh, if he turns, if it turns out that he that he kicks on for us and, and does incredibly well, I think it'd be nice to see maybe a Brazilian Aston Villa supporters group uh, shot. Yeah, well, big Wes. Um, he seems like he's got a lot of room to grow. I think Gareth identified that his heat map is entirely different to Tammy Abraham's. It's a much a, a very deeper and wider player, but he was playing in a front two at Club Bruges. So he could, would, you would obviously push out wider. You wouldn't be running up. You were not the focal point. Um, whereas Tammy was very much 
he, a lot of his touches were in the box and in, a, in and around the box, mm-hmm. very close to the goal. So I think what Villa have identified there is if you make him the focal point, and he's scored 13 goals and outperformed his expected goals from quite deep positions, if he's pushed up, he could probably be a lot more effective. And I think what really stood out is that he's very decent on the end of a cross, right? Like more so than compared to other players. So I think there's a lot to work there. I think he's a player that, that needs to be coached by Villa and get into the playing style. But there's a lot of, you know, I am fairly happy about this. I mean, it's a lot of money to drop, but I'm very happy. But this is the thing, and I think we've seen it with the other signings that have been made as well. I suppose when you look at Courtney Howes, when you look at um, when you look at like Tyrone Mings as well, like back in January, it's it's a it's a thing where I think Villa definitely you look out for attributes rather than reputation, or um, or a player who is clearly the finished product. Product, I think they they're definitely looking for attributes, certain skills, certain attributes which they think can can work within the Villa system. I think for the first time in God knows how long, we've got some sort of an identity, and Dean Smith seems to be just bringing bringing the right guys in for the job. I mean, whether they're heard of or or, or not, I think it's very different to sort of bringing in randomly scouted players who you think might be worth something. So Wesley, we're waiting on a work permit. He, of course, hasn't appeared for the Brazilian international setup at any level, youth or senior, um, but because his fee is so high, um, relative speaking to the rest of the league, and um, because, well, the entirety of England's transfer um, transfer movements, because he's played in the Champions League and Europa League, it's thought that it, it should be... It's not exactly a formality, yeah, but it should be better than, say, the Kalinic deal that failed when we were getting relegated, or even going further back to Brad Gazan's first uh, work permit that, that failed um, before we were able to grab him in the end. But I think uh, there's a, you know, a lot of hope here. Hopefully it goes through. Fingers crossed. Let's get it done and uh, make Wesley a full-time villain. Next up, we've got Courtney Hawes, of course, who has spent uh, half a season being a full-time villain. Mm-hmm. So he comes in £3 million, mate, from uh, Wolverhampton. He's probably not going to be the man at defence. I think Villa is still very much looking for the guy to be that main central defender. But Courtney Hawes comes in, very good rotation option, can play left-back, can play centre-back. He looks a classy player. We saw a lot of confidence and a goal from him last season. £3 million, mate. What do you make of that? Yes, yeah, good signing. As, as you say right there, you've got a player who can play centre-back and left-back. Uh, and, and he's a very, very good uh, backup option. I think from what we saw of him last season, he was fairly solid. He's good on the ball, uh, good in the air as well. I think he's again got all the attributes that you'd expect from a from a, from a good young centre back, and I think another thing with Courtney Hawes is he's did show signs of improvement uh, from the start of the season till till later on. I mean, well, I mean from his first appearance till till later on when when Villa improved as as, as a side completely. Courtney Hawes definitely he looked comfortable not only in that left centre back position but also in that right centre back position. He seemed to to, to learn um, as he went along from Dean Smith. Um, and, and obviously John Terry, who's, who's, who's working there as well as a coach. I think that what you've got there is you've got a young centre-back who could improve, uh, could could improve exponentially, you never know. Um, has obviously played for the England of the 21s, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and you, you've got somebody who right now, as it stands, is a, is a very capable backup option. And, and Villa need that. We're, we're, we can't be filling our whole team. We can't go through the whole transfer market, basically signing players for 20 quid. Uh, 20, sorry, 20 million quid. Uh, so I think Courtney Hawes is the, is the perfect example of, of, of the sort of player that we need to be bringing in at, at the very least as backup. Well, I was about to say 20 quid, you wouldn't even get me or you for 20 quid. I think we would go for at least 50. I think so. I think I'm worth at least that. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, Courtney Hall's a familiar face. Comes in, he can do a job at centre back. Um, probably not Premier League level, but he will definitely be there eventually. I think he's a player that Villa want to coach. Um, he's a player obviously with resale value. He's young. He's age twenty three. Of course, come through the England youth setup. He's played a fair amount for Wolverhampton. Not since they were good. You know, when Nuno come in and transform them. Well, you're not going to get past Connor Cody and and Willie Bolly, are you? You're not going to get into that team no, if they're taking no, those positions. But um. It's a lot to like. Again, Wesley and Courtney seem very positive deals. Um, Wesley, of course, comes in for a, a big, big fee, but I'm very happy with Courtney Hawes as well. A um, very likeable player. Um, does stuff outside of football, of course. He's got his charity work. And, of course, he's grime. Music. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so a player, a player with a bit of personality is always welcome. He seems to fit in and he seems to actually like being here, which is very important in itself. Well, look, again, young as well, which seems to be a theme with the signings that, that Dean Smith's been making. Uh, young and, and needs to be improved. I think it's, it is a bit, I think it, it, it is interesting that we haven't signed anybody who's, who's been known for their like good form last season. But like, I just, I just think that we, we've absolutely snuck a, a very good player out of, out of Wolverhampton Wanderers there. Three million quid could prove to be an absolute bargain. Uh, and, and I'm glad we, 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 we've kept him with the squad. Uh, now let's just bring Mingzi back. Well, shall we move on to some transfer rumours? Because that's the only way we're going to eventually be able to discuss Tyrone Mings today. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll come on to him later. The first big news that's actually just breaking now is that French club Nantes are looking to grab Lovray Kalinic, of all people. He's got a suitor and they want him. They're probably not going to pay the £7 million. Pound, I think it was €7 million. Euro, it's around £5 million. Pounds. Um, but Villa are certainly looking to sell a goalkeeper as they look to bring in. Um, it was Jack Butland, the hot name last week. Let's see if that keeps up this week. I'm looking forward to him signing if that's uh, going to come true. But Lovre Kalinic uh, looks to be out and a uh, bit of a disappointment, really, all round. Yeah, I mean, I would have perhaps liked to have seen him play a little bit more when the whole team was doing better because I think when he first came into the side like he had a he had an awful defense ahead of him didn't he he had a, he had a defense that you know just wasn't together uh, obviously it took ages for Dean Smith to sort that defense out and it almost feels as though Lover Kalinic has ended up being the fall guy then he did have that injury which obviously led to Jed Steer getting um getting picked more and yeah he's just not not managed to get back in I think I think again he's the kind of goalkeeper who you know, he's played for big clubs, perhaps not uh, clubs at the same level uh, as, as Premier League, um, Europa League type teams or, or whatever, but he's played at big clubs. Uh, and, and I think he's going to want to be the main guy wherever he is. So for him, uh, I don't think sitting on Villa's bench is, is an option. But I thought as well last season when we signed him, I thought this could be the guy that if we go up to the Premier League is, is our number one. Uh, but I think a lot of rumblings that he's a little bit discontent and not, not quite happy here. Well, it looks like Nantes will consider a loan to uh, bring him over to France. Of course, uh, a transfer fee and wages might be a bit out of their uh, out of their reach. But hey, if he gets him off the wage bill, keeps him happy, gets him playing football, and hopefully finds him, lets him rediscover his form. But uh, an interesting point was in Wesley. Of course, our record signing in his highlight reels, there there are three goals getting put past Kalinic in the same game, so uh, he doesn't come off well in Wesley's highlight reel. Of course, but uh, Lovre Kalinic on the way out. Uh, again, disappointed. I think I, I wanted to see more of him. And what we 
what we saw wasn't pretty, um, but looks a bit of a full guy and uh, hopefully can recapture a bit of what made, uh, made made us pursue him in the first place. Another rumour, of course, mate, Calvin Phillips from Leeds. And this seems like a big one and reported by the Telegraph. So it's got a little bit of substance, a bit more than the usual rumour may have had. John Percy, of course, from the Telegraph reporting this. Mm-hmm. So Calvin Phillips wanted by Leeds. It seems like Villa value him at 14 million pounds but Leeds want closer to 20 million um, Marcelo Bielsa likes a player he's not necessarily pivotal but it's someone that Bielsa wants to build his team around um, the board probably don't feel the same Mark Calvin Phillips may want to say um, stay at Leeds very much he's uh is it is there Jack Grealish not the same position but a player who's come through the youth academy loves the club is you know he's very much embodying the values that that club is all mm-hmm. about I think except he doesn't you know he's not cheating and kicking people and spitting but Calvin Phillips 40 million pounds leads volume at 20 good deal I think I take him at 14 I think 20 is excessive but but having said that I don't want to approach this with the same sort of uh with, with the same sort of arrogance of perhaps teams who were who were looking at Grealish last season before he uh, was suddenly sort of immense for us in the second half of the season of course you know, this is Calvin Phillips, obviously a, a player at Leeds who they think can can go on and do great things. He's he's probably their um, their their best midfielder, and he plays in that Lynch linchpin defensive midfield role of which there are very few English players of of a high standard. He's only twenty three, which means he's got plenty of time to improve. Um, but yeah, last season for for them, he he, he didn't he did incredibly. I think his value sort of him his value to the to them uh, basically just went up exponentially. Uh, and and what you always want to see is is that kind of growth from a from from a young player. I think at fourteen million quid, you look at it and you perhaps you know bite their bite their hands off. You've got a good young English player who's going to slot straight in behind McGinn and Grealish. Um, he's he's your new option instead of Glenn Whelan, uh, somebody who's a little bit uh, faster, somebody who's who's got a little bit more fire. Uh, and I think it's perfect for the Premier League. At twenty million, you start asking questions: Could I perhaps? find somebody better than this abroad um for example yeah i think you could certainly find someone cheaper but uh calvin phillips you've got experience with him of course uh played Leeds United last season won't be playing them this season funnily enough but we played them last season and he probably did the best job on jack Grealish that i can remember a defensive midfielder actually doing um he didn't really succeed that much but i remember him giving jack Grealish a bit of hassle so you know positive sign We've, we've seen enough of him to value him as a good player. I certainly rate him. Um, Saeed Ben-Rama, <laughs> um, former Dean Smith man. He's a he's Brentford superstar. Um, there was a little graph going around of stats. Daniel James, of course, has signed for Manchester United in a fairly decent decent deal for a Swansea 15 million odd pounds, I think. Saeed Ben-Rama is wanted, uh, well valued by Brentford at the same amount. And Villa have put a bid for him that was rejected. I think it was 10, 12 mm-hmm. million. And Brentford are holding out for 15. Um, he looks a really good player and he fulfills a need for Villa at wing. Uh, he's worth that though. That's the thing. <laughs> I think he's worth that. I, I I don't know if you're if you're getting anybody much better than El Ghazi, but I think one of the I think the main reason Ben Rama's not really been noticed by uh, by big clubs is because he's not English. I think that genuinely genuinely is it, and that that, that always just play into it. Scored scored ten goals and provided fourteen assists last season, and from a left wing position, mate, that's that's insane. Yeah, and I think you know, there's you can rotate, you can pull him on the right, left. Same with El Ghazi, right and left. He just found his favourite position maybe on the left for us, but I'd be happy going forward with uh, Ben Rama and uh, Al Ghazi and maybe a third option uh, apart from Yotta. 
But uh, I really, I'd, I'd be really positive if we brought Ben Rama as well. He fits the bill. He's young. He's 23. Can you believe it? That goal record for Brentford. Um, and I think he's worth upwards of 20 well, million. I, think they, I can't believe they're only asking 15. I think they only paid like 1.7, 1.6 million or something like that for him, which is a very, very good deal. These French clubs just seem to just throw their throw their players away for for whatever reason. Uh for I don't know why, but they can't seem they don't seem to be able to command the same sort of fees that Premier League clubs do. Uh, I've always wondered why that is, but but there you go. Uh you know Transfer Markt actually have Ben Rama valued at 3.5 million, which is interesting for a player of those kinds of stats. You can't really uh go off it, but his his stats were were, were insane last season. Well the Express Star um have also extended the fee to 20 million mm. as well and I think 15 to 20 million that is the range. I think twenty million is probably pushing it, but I think if he's available at that price tag, I'd go. I'd rather he sign for Villa than say Bournemouth, Watford, Burnley, anyone else who's willing to take points off. Really, I think it's fair, and he's an international standard player. Obviously, he play he plays for Algeria, and I can I can I can genuinely see Ben Rama kicking on. I, if not here, then you could you could see him being the type of player that goes to say Sevilla and um, and becomes a, a top quality player for him. I think. Ben Rama has sell-on value. I can see him fitting in at Villa. Uh, perhaps then do you basically have Ben Rama and El Ghazi as your two wingers, perhaps? Uh, I don't know, but it certainly gives you major options. And I, and I could see him, as you say, playing left, left-hand side, right-hand side. And again, only 23, as you mentioned. Mate, sign him up. I think I take him over over say Harry Wilson and some of the other young players we've been, uh, we've been linked with. And I'd 100% take him over Daniel James. Well, we've been linked to two centre-backs that aren't Tyro Mings. We've been linked to Lewis Dunk, and I don't know if this has any substance at all, but the fees mentioned are 30 to 40 million for Brighton's <laughs> Lewis Dunk, which is a uh, it's a massive stretch, and I think it'd be very silly for Villa to go for him based on that. Uh, I don't know. He's a good player. He's 27. He'll be 28 halfway through the season. He's got, you know, he's got everything to like about him, but 40 million. It's very much that, uh, that English inflation, isn't it? You, you know, you play for the English national team once you have that English pa- passport. You, your fee's going to be massive. If you're I, for any decent. I think it's silly. I think, I think it's just bright and playing games. To be honest, I don't think you can, I don't think you can claim, sort of 20 million for him uh, just because he's sort of had one England cap. I think when, I mean, let's, let's, let's read into it. If you're, if, if, if the, if it's to believe that Villa can't afford to play, to pay 15 to 20 million for, for Tyrone Minks or, or don't want to pay that for Tyrone Minks, why are they going to slap 40 million on Lewis Dunk? Just can't see it. Um, and it's not like Brighton and Hove Albion had a great season last year either. Yeah, if, I mean, if anyone stands out, it's going to be players like Dunk. But his fee seems at least double what it should be. It's 30 to 40 million. million. Really, really pushing it. And uh, Terence Congler of uh, Huddersfield, one of their right, one yeah. of their biggest signings when they come up. Um, how Have you seen much of him? Because I, I can't claim to have seen much Premier League football, but he's a name we've been linked with as of, as of today. Seems fairly decent. Um, Huddersfield town player, of course, relegated with them this season um 25 uh he'll only be 26 towards the end of the season uh i'm not sure of the fee we've been linked to but he's a name that's come up so uh i don't i can't see it being a, a lewis dunk figure 
he looks pretty class. I think I think again because because Huddersfield have been relegated. I, I think they they know that they can't. I think this is a very very much probably a si- similar situation to what we had with like Veratu and Amavi and whatnot. I think they know that they can't really sort of hot you know expect ridiculous amounts of money for him. But James, they did sign him for eighteen million last season off Monaco. I mean, it was it was it was their biggest signing. I think um, Monaco um, somehow or another. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know, I don't know how they signed him off him. But I think uh it was one of those sort of stamp your authority on the Premier League type signings, I think. Uh and you've got a uh, again, you've got an international you've got an international defender there, someone who's played for Netherlands. He's left footed as well, which sort of fits our bill if you're if you if you're looking at sort of like perhaps somebody who's who's not Tyrone Mings. Fairly tall. Um and yeah, he was once considered to be uh, a real sort of breakout star for for Monaco, who was going to go on to to do great things. Uh, obviously, came to the Premier League for, for Huddersfield. He's not going to be playing in the Championship. I can tell you that There's, there is no way Kerens Congolo is going to want to be playing in the Championship. Um, if we're his way out, I can see it happening. Uh, perhaps we're looking at about eighteen million as well. Yeah, I can't see him going for a massive fee because relegated clubs they they don't have much bargaining room, do they? I mean, look at what we sold Vera to Carlos Hill, um, Amavi, even Adrissa Gay. They all had their clauses, of course, but we we didn't have any position to bargain with any of the players that we actually wanted to, you know, keep and try and make a fist off. We had we had nothing to go on in that first season, so I can't see Congolo going for more than what Huddersfield bought him for. That that his value must have dropped. Not because of, not by his own fault, but by going down with a club, and he was probably one of their best players, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I think, I think where it's, it's we we've seen it happen to us. I think you 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 are basically it's fresh pickings when you get relegated because because play you can't you can't hold on to players who don't want to be there. We've seen that uh, it doesn't work. Just watch the Sunderland documentary if you want to if you want to see how that works out for you. Um, but yeah, I think going back to Huddersfield, James, I think they could be a little bit more tempted to to accept a decent or or, or a fair offer for for Congolo now that they obviously signed our boy Tommy Elphick as well. Yeah, Tommy Elphick deserves a good run at a club, and Huddersfield seems the right place. A uh, new manager, fresh outlook, probably the same style of football, and I think it's very positive if you you know you're a Huddersfield fan after surviving that one year in the Premier League, coming down with a bit of finance, maybe a good takeover. You could build something special at that club that you know the season tickets i had a look earlier cheapest in the uh in the premier league i think it was 250 pound odd the most expensive season tickets so feel good club uh raking the money in on some sales build again and make a fist fit they were great in the championship under david wagner so no reason why they can't do it again um with a bit more time and build a better better squad to go up with I, i'm rooting for them because we don't have to worry about them next season of course but yeah Tommy Alfick wish him all the best. I really hope he gets a full season. And be you no know, Hall loved him. He took to Hall. And uh we brought him back. And of course, we took to him again and he got injured, uh, which was a shame. But uh he went out a hero for us. So wish him all the best. I think that is it for uh transfer news, mate. There's no Tyro Mings stuff. Um, I've not seen anything about him. Uh we saw a picture of him on holiday, and some someone's dad said, Are you signing? And he said he's trying. He's trying to get signed, but I think there's a lot to work out. I think Bournemouth might be might be holding out for a uh, a bigger fee. But it does look like Bournemouth actually have dropped out the race to sign Jack Butland because they've been linked with Joe Hart today. And you're not going to sign Joe Hart and Jack Butland, are you? No, you're not. And I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think you want Joe Hart anyway, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, Jack Jack, but I could see Jack Butland go to Bournemouth. It's not it's not out of this 
uh, it's not out of this world, but I think I, I genuinely think I think clubs like like Bournemouth have to sort of slap down their authority and and, and put down a little bit more money than than most clubs anyway because um, I, I, I I don't mean this as a sort of criticism, but they are sort of a, a sort of fresher club in the Premier League, and don't think players are going to be lining up to 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 move there as opposed to moving to say an Aston Villa or an Everton or a Newcastle United. Um, and that, I do yeah. they lack that pull in comparison. So if it's if it's if it's money for money, basically when it comes to when it comes to us versus them and, and signing players, uh, yeah, they're going to struggle. Well, I think final thing to say is um, a little bit on the uh, Villa View live event, which take, took place on Saturday. It was, uh, it was really nice to see. Yeah, very nice. To see. I don't want to um, you know spoil too much information of course because they are releasing their podcast sure. and their their q a brian little but uh it was a fantastic event um hosted of course by dan bardell chris dolan um tom julian you know all of those guys and they, they reveled in it and really enjoyed it they had the audience in the palm of their hand during <laughs> an auction they were selling john terry's bloody trousers brilliant for, for god's sake his tracks and everyone everyone loved it really enjoyed it there's all sorts of age groups all sorts of people there and um, have really enjoyed it and it's about it's it just shows that community spirit that that is a right around villa and i hope we don't lose that because i mean they'd have probably put on a good event if we weren't promoted it's it's even better now we have been promoted they always had plans to pull it on but because everything feels so good it felt so good and mate i got to lift that playoff trophy <laughs> i shouldn't have done it but i got it's very what you said you weren't allowed no okay so i was of course taking um some donations um for in exchange for photos with the playoff trophy and the security guards were taking photos of people they passed their phone over to the security guard the security guard would take a photo um everyone was kind of touching it or you know giving it a bit of space because it's a trophy and my turn come, I was waiting to the end. The room, everyone had sat down waiting for the Villa View guys to get back on stage and do their thing. Yeah. I just saw my chance and I went, can I lift it? And they <laughs> said, don't, don't lift it. But they, you know, when they're taking photos, they're spamming the button and pressing it loads. So yeah, I thought, yeah, if yeah, I lift yeah. it, I'm getting, I'm getting a photo of me lifting it. So I said, can I lift it? They went, don't lift it. I picked it up, put it in the air. And I thought, I did think that there would be no reaction. There's people there wouldn't say it, like they wouldn't go yay or anything. But people look shocked. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of shocked faces in that room when I did that, and I was like, oh, I froze on stage with that thing in my hands. But uh, I've got a photo with the playoff trophy. It's very light. It's a bit tin pot, but uh, you know, if you if you're a Birmingham City fan, you're going to be holding up an ashtray or something. It's <laughs> League Cup. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was your John Terry moment, wasn't it? You yeah, did absolutely nothing. You did absolutely nothing to lift that trophy. Oh, you calling me a full kit, full kit wanker? Is that where we're going? Yeah, without the full kit, that's that's the thing. I mean, you, it's like you forgot <laughs> your full kit. You weren't even scheduled to play. No, I did have I did have clothes on. I think I should reiterate that. <laughs> like, I did have clothes on. But uh, no, honestly, I wish you were there because uh, someone come up to me. It was Joe O'Hara who actually listens to the whole cast. I'm surprised people actually recognise. You know, put my face to this. Yeah, but yeah. He said, uh, "Is Dan? Is Danny here?" And I said, oh, "Unfortunately, Danny isn't here because it's a big shot and he's working in Manchester with the BBC." Wow, big shot. Um, yeah, he's a big <laughs> shot, and he, he, you know, he's he's too busy watching sports and taking sports in and, and giving the good word out about sports. But he said, uh, "No, I, I do like the podcast, and uh, Danny's a superstar." So uh, there you go. That's Joe O'Hara, and I forward these little compliments onto you. Thanks, Joe. And it was really nice to meet people. That. Yeah nice to meet people and take a bit of glory myself and i, I wish you, i wish you were there to sharing it and i wish oh. everyone could have experienced an event like that it's, it's a shame like, i i i would love to have been there but um i get my work schedule sort of like weeks weeks in advance 
And I only found out about the Villa View, uh, Villa View live sort of a week beforehand, and I was like, oh man, would have um would have loved to have come down. But I know there was I know there was a lot of demand for tickets. I think it was sold out, wasn't it? And I think so much of Villa Twitter were there, were there, weren't they? Yeah, there's a fair few um, faces who I recognised. Uh, but a lot of um, faces who probably weren't on Twitter who just follow the YouTube channel. And, yeah, yeah. you know, that's amazing how many communities ex- exist when you're not looking at them. Yeah, but it was, it was brilliant. And uh, I obviously don't want to give it too much away, but uh, I really, really reveled in it and how fun it was. And everyone was having a really, really good time. There was no negativity at all. Everything has been absolutely massively positive. And if, I think you have to give those guys massive, massive credit for what they've done. And I hope they do it again. I've told them you don't have to do Villa Park every time get people around watching games with you or, you know, in, in London, wherever you want to be, doesn't have to have a camera on. You don't have to do a podcast. People just want to be there all together, not just for you, all together watching Villa. And I think, you know, we can go that route now. We can build communities and have fun when we're not even at the games now. We are that, everyone is that big and having that much fun. And I think that's a wonderful place to be, Danny. 100%. 100%. As a, I think, I think like, it's, it goes, I think it's worth me mentioning that, like, um, sort of, being 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 in Manchester, like not living not living around Villa fans, not not being in Birmingham very often, so not being able to go to games very often. I think like the podcasts and, and listening to some of the listening to some of the podcasts, following some of the blogs, the you know so many of the fan blogs that we have, it's a massive sort of coping mechanism, man. I think it's I think and I, th- I I think so many of the guys that are involved are sort of from abroad as well. Um, when it comes to the Villa with the Villa online community, like uh, a lot of people from America, um, so I think it's it's just it, it provides a family feelings and it provides a family atmosphere and we, there's this massive online platform for us and I, I hope the villa community just keeps on growing because um it's it's just it's just a great thing um, a, a beautiful thing that that uh that we all um can come together and celebrate uh, the team doing well well to sum it up mate i spent my night um before i went home um with two villa fans who'd come across from australia to attend the villa view events nice. Um, we had an arg- argument about Jed Steer, whether he was better than Jack Butland. That's how they pronounce Jed Steer. And uh, to sum it up, we were having an argument. Are you staying with Jed Steer? Are you keeping Jed Steer? Are you bringing in Jack Butland? And I thought, you know what? We need another voice in this conversation. So I phoned up my friend Dave, a uh, listener, fan, big fan of the whole cast, big fan of Danny Rosa. <laughs> um, phoned him up um, on a WhatsApp video call. And I'm there discussing Jack Butland versus Jed Steer with two, well, one Australian another person who lives in australia to a person who is based in america and we're all there in england you know the visual connection is across there's filler fans from all, all across the globe centered in one position one via video link up all speaking about one villa issue and all have their opinions and i think that was proper fantastic so dave daryl and veronica massive massive plaudits for bringing showcasing that worldwide Villa Paul, that worldwide Villa appeal. I think it's just so important. Massive, massive fan clubs across the across the world. I almost said across the country, but across the world, it's fantastic to see. Really is. But yeah, I think uh, that's about it for this transfer update. Holcast that ended on a bit of a sentimental note. I'll be speaking of worldwide. I'll actually be going to uh, America in November. Do you want to? You, you should. You should come um, along. How much are tickets? That's the question, mate. Oh yes. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, we won't go into it. We'll go into it off air, but uh, it out. <laughs> but yeah, if I'm in Cincinnati and I'm seeing a Villa game, that just proves how big the world is. That 
I will never be able to miss out on Villa because so many people want to share in Aston Villa. So thank you again for listening to the podcast. I've been James Rushton. You can find me at Gemma Rushton. Find Danny at Riser Giorno. Find us all together at 7500 Holt. And we'll be back soon when Villa make another big signing. So see you very soon and goodbye.